0: Welcome to Lessons in Leadership, Steve Adubato with the very talented Mary Gamba, the executive producer, co-anchor of the show. Mary, are we doing all right today?
1: We're doing great, thank you, Steve, and happy Valentine's Day. I know that we tape way in advance, but we didn't actually say that yet today. So uh, by the time this airs, it'll probably be summer, but that's okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're not supposed to give up secrets like that. People, Those are little
1: secrets. It's all good. So people all want to believe well. it's you.
0: live and in time. Uh, Mary, why don't we do that real quick before we bring our good friend Larry Downs in, tell everyone who makes this show possible.
1: Yeah, I'd be happy to. So uh, we have Prager Metis, Valley Bank, New Jersey Sharing Network, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, Seton Hall University and the Basino Leadership Institute, the North Ward Center and Kessler Foundation. So uh, thank you to all those great underwriters. And if you're watching us for the first time and you love us so much, you want to go check out more, go to our website at stand-deliver.com. And we're also all over the place. You can follow Steve on Twitter, uh, Steve Audubato, uh at, at Steve Adubato, and that's A-D-U-B-A-T-O. It'll be up on the screen as well.
0: Great stuff. Hey, speaking of uh, talented people who understand teamwork, we're also taping the day after the Super Bowl. He's a team guy. He's not a me guy. He's a we guy. I just made that up. But he is. He's Larry Downs. It says retired chairman and CEO of New Jersey Resources. He's so much more than that. He's been a good friend and partner of ours for a long time. He's a philanthropist. He gives back and he understands the things about leadership all the time. And when Larry and I started working together years ago, Larry, pull this book out of my leadership library. Jim Collins, Good to Great. Yep. You had Collins come to New Jersey Resources do a little mini seminar.
2: It was uh, transformational and, and that's no exaggeration. Came in 2009. Man's amazing. Uh, we had gone out to see him in, uh, in Denver. He bought the schoolhouse, his grammar school, which is what we used to call it back then. And that's his uh, laboratory. To make a long story short, he listened to us for about four hours and he basically captured the essence of what made us different than anybody else. It was remarkable.
0: Well, they have Jim Collins, the author of a multi-million dollar seller, Good to Great. And after that, New Jersey Resources could not afford Jim Collins. And then they hired me to do leadership development. <laughs> that is another story. Uh, Larry, I'm going to have Mary jump in in just a minute, but I want to do this. The other great leadership guru that Mary and I talk about a lot in our leadership library, if you look at Lessons in Leadership, you will find John Maxwell. I want to quote John Maxwell as I set Larry up for this. Larry Downs says, quote, everyone's a leader. His his book that he writes should be called Everyone's a Leader. But this is from John Maxwell and it sets that up. Leadership is not about titles, positions, or flowcharts. Leadership is about one life influencing another. React to that, Larry.
2: Uh, Very well stated. That's what leadership is all about. I think sometimes when we talk about leadership, we talk too much about uh, uh, titles. Um, and that's not what uh, leadership is all about. Um, it's really the heart and soul of the organization, the energy that makes things uh, happen. Um, and, and what happens is I think too many times is in putting a lot of labels on different people, that gets barriers in their way. And that's that experience is not a theoretical exercise, but that experience is what led me to the strong belief that every person in an organization, not just the business, any organization, um, is really the key to success. And I've had the opportunity now to, um, even though I've been retired two years, to prove uh, that that works in, uh, in really any organization. I want to jump more
0: into this everyone's a leader thing. <clears throat> I'm not convinced you believe that. We'll talk behind Larry's back later when he's not on anymore. Uh, not, not in a bad way, in a good way. Mary, do you believe that everyone is a leader, or do you believe that some people, you know, it's okay to have some people who wait to be told what to do?
1: It's so funny. We had this conversation probably 10 years ago when we first started this as a podcast. I remember sitting in a small room, just audio, and I said, Steve, not everyone is a leader. And I remember saying that so vividly. And over the years, the more reading that I've done and the more leadership, uh, really responsibilities I've taken on within our own organization, everyone is a leader. And I'm saying it here the first time on Lessons in Leadership today that everyone, I know I'm converted, And really, though, I mean, if you don't have somebody that is a leader, and I I think I was seeing it as like, oh, well, they need to lead the organization. No, they need to lead. They need to take initiative. They need to be forward thinking. And frankly, they just need to get stuff done. And to me, that's what leadership is. I think I was seeing it too linear and literally as, oh, are, are they leading other people in the organization? Being a leader of yourself, being a leader of taking pride in your work and literally taking initiative. To me, that's what leadership is. So, yes, I think everyone is a leader and has the capability to be so if they don't see themselves as a leader right now.
0: See
2: what you did, Larry? I mean, you well, changed your maybe, thing. Go ahead. Jump back in, Larry. No, I, I was going to say, because there, what, what Mary said in the beginning is, is um, one of the barriers that have to be overcome in, in convincing, that, uh, convincing people that they are a leader. And, and when, in, in the example that Mary gave, it's a good one because, yes, people get told what to do, but the fact that they're doing that and how they do it and how they accomplish it, that's leadership. So it's really a, um, uh, it, it, when you think of the flip side, because thought, I've thought deeply about this for a long period of time, um, think about the, I, I have come to believe that, you know, work is an emotional experience. We spend most of our lives there. Um, and and to, to capture that energy that comes along with that emotion, that's really the essence of, uh, uh, of leadership. And it doesn't matter whether you're in the accounting department, whether you're in the marketing department, if you're out in the uh, uh, out in the uh, um, in the fields, if you will, uh, you really are a leader because what you do, no matter how large or small, will contribute to the ultimate success of your uh, organization. I've I've added a few things to it because the uh, there there are times where it seems uh, a little abstract that that everyone is a uh, is a leader. Um, And really what it ties to, I think, is you have to, when you're thinking about your organization, think of it in terms of stakeholders and stakeholders are really a broader measure of success because it's not just about, you know, making money. It's about what you accomplish and what you do for so many people. Um, But the leadership is really the conduit to success based on the stakeholders. And Larry,
1: can we switch gears? I I think Steve's going the same place that I'm going. And Steve has told me, he said, take more initiative. So I'm taking the initiative and jumping in here. (laughs) Hold on a second. I I never
0: said, I never said, cut me off. I said, take the (laughs) Uh initiative.
1: You trained me well. That was a strategic interruption, Steve. I strategically and politely interrupted you. So
0: (laughs) All yours, Mary. (laughs)
1: So, Larry, um, obviously, you know, we introduced you as retired chairman, uh, but you are no close to retirement. You are giving back. You are just living, breathing, sleeping, eating, the giving back, the being a leader. Talk about how you now as a leader are giving back and why it's so important to you in a philanthropic way. Talk a little bit about that connection and why giving back is so important.
2: Well, thank you for that intro because I... um, In my my new life, which is now two years old, I I focus most of my time on charitable organizations and specifically uh, Catholic Charities of Trenton and the Mercy Center in uh, in Asbury Park. It it was an interesting opportunity for me to take what I had um, learned during my, almost 35 year business career, um, the last 24 as CEO, and share that with with different organizations as well as practice my Catholic faith. and what's interesting is when you uh, when you look at those organizations, what I'm able to do is help them not only with strategy, with planning, uh, all of the things that I did in the in my career, but what is really fulfilling to me is to be able to work with their clients, whether it be Catholic charities, whether it be the Mercy Center, um, and and see um, the need that is out there right now, and how we all have responsibilities to. Um, uh, to give back. So it's really just been um, just outstanding. We've talked about Catholic Charities and what they're trying to do and how their needs have grown so much. And even most recently, one of the most recent endeavors was helping out with the transition of the Afghan refugees in New Jersey. Um, you talk about leadership. That's leadership, figuring out, I don't know, 15,000 or more people coming in. How are we going to deal with that? But then you look at the, uh, at the Mercy Center, where uh, the team there has been able to expand. Uh, their food pantry from like 80 people two years ago to 400 uh, this year. They've got a, a, a sister, the Sisters Academy there for young girls, uh, grades five through eight. They've been in business there for 25 years. Every single one of those uh, girls has graduated and go to high school. And this year, one of them is going to Yale and um, our Family Resource Center for people, absolutely. This is this is what inspiration, this is what leadership is really all uh, about. So I get the best of both worlds, helping with strategy, but you know, helping with the work too.
0: Quick follow up on that, Larry, at the Mercy Center and also at Catholic Charities of Trenton, two obviously not-for-profit organizations. You spent thirty-plus years in the corporate world, and I prep. I, I, to fully disclose, I coached Larry. We worked together. I helped prep him and some of his colleagues for those, let's say, those meetings with investors, which were not always ch- easy. There were board meetings. Challenging issues come up with leadership development there as well. Why am I getting to that? Larry, do you think there's a significant difference between leading effectively in the corporate world, bottom line stuff, right? But giving back, but bottom line. Versus the not-for-profit world at the Mercy Center and Catholic Charities.
2: Any big difference? Well, uh, the, the different, the, the uh, principles are the same. Uh, but the difference is, for example, when you're, when you're talking about, um, you know, the charitable organizations, Catholic Charities, Mercy Center, is, you know, we're ultimately accountable to making others' lives better, okay? And to accomplish that, and this is the same the approach I always took with the, uh, with the New Jersey resources, uh, the, accompli- the process needed there to understand who are the stakeholders that we need to hold ourselves accountable to in order to meet the needs uh, of our clients, that's still the same, and the process right. of doing that is leadership. So, I, that's why I said in the beginning, I don't uh, um, really differentiate between you know leadership in a corporation and leadership. It's it's an organizational uh, type issue, but the tools of how you figure out right. what you have to do to me are the same. Or or in
0: sports, when Larry's a big sports fan as well, he admits that he's yeah. a St. Yeah. Louis oh, Car- oh, oh. Cardinals. Yeah, we'll take I was just that. Gonna say the Cardinals. What- I, I know that we're doing this after, uh, where's my baseball, somewhere. So, Larry, yeah. real quick, give me, give me 15 seconds. Why the Cardinals? Give me a rationale. Why not the Yankees? The, I mean, I'm obviously the normal team that you would root
2: for. Why the Cardinals? Very, very simple. 1967, I was, you know, 9, 10 years old. And I was, you know, like everybody else, I picked the first place team. I picked the Cardinals. They won the World Series. Two years later, as you know, the Yankees were not as good as they are now back in the, uh, in the 60s. Um, But I wanted to switch to the Mets. But, um, you know, my friends on the schoolyard of St. Matthews School in Richfield, New Jersey, said absolutely not. And here I am 53 years later as a St. Louis Cardinal fan. But I've been rewarded. So it's been
0: worth it. There it is. There it is. You found out here first. Mary, I'll give you the last question. Go.
1: Just why are you not a Yankees fan? No, I'm kidding.
2: (laughs) He's he's not going to. I've been trying this for 20 years. I know. I know. I know. No, well, first of all, they weren't that good in the late uh, in the late sixties. Although there's some great trivia names there, as you and I have talked about. Um, I did temporarily switch to them when I was in uh, when I was at college at Iona and Rochelle, um, when the Yankees were in the World Series. But um, but then I, I just couldn't get rid of the uh, couldn't get rid of the um, my love for the Cardinals. Bear we'll still that. be
0: friends with you. It's Mary, hold fine. On, Mary, Mary, one second. Give me the name of the oh. Cardinal manager. <clears throat> whose first name started with the name of another team in the national league.
2: Come on, Brett Shandy's number two. Just Come wanted on. to get it out of the way. Go ahead, Mary. Make, make it a real one. Please. <laughs> That's
1: it. I can't compete with that.
0: So <laughs> Mary, will you ask him a question? We got to get out of here.
1: <laughs> oh, I know. I thought that was my question. It was a serious question about the Yankees. We're good.
0: <laughs> yes. uh- Okay, no, no. no. We're
1: we're getting cues from our director that uh, we need to (laughs) say goodbye. So we will
0: say. I promise we're going to say goodbye. Mary's trying to keep me on time. Larry, give me less than a minute or less on your wellness, whether it's Peloton or not. Why is your wellness connected to leadership? Why is anyone's wellness
2: connected to leadership? Go. Because the job of leadership, when you put it in that context, takes an enormous amount of energy and passion, and that just doesn't arrive. So you know, the first of all, I'm not. I can't dial. As my friends will tell you. Um, I love to cycle, but it's really giving me the, uh, the physical energy I need to really bring everything to the, uh, to, uh, to the table uh, on behalf of the leaders, um, leadership and stakeholders. So that's it. That's Larry Downs, a lifelong
0: St. Louis Cardinals fan, never coming over to the Yankees. He's a great friend and partner of ours. We continue to work with him together with Catholic Charities down in the uh, Trenton area. Larry, you're a great partner and a great friend to, not just Mary and I personally, but for the Lessons in Leadership team. Thanks, Larry.
2: Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Mary.
0: You got it. We'll be right back after this, I'm pretty sure. This edition of Lessons in Leadership is made possible by the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, the North Ward Center, the New Jersey Sharing Network, Delta Dental of New Jersey, Kessler Foundation, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856.
1: This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to Stand-Deliver.com. That's Stand-Deliver.com.
0: Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com. NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine. Welcome back to Lessons in Leadership. Steve Adubato, Mary uh, Gamba, that's her last name, and Jody Grunwald. Mary's going to officially introduce Jody, but I see Jody has a, some terrific slogans behind her, create your own happiness. Um, I have one behind me you don't see. It's, it's a leadership motto. It's called, blame other people does that is that no that's not the mess no i'm sorry mary go ahead could you officially introduce
1: i would love to yes we are Sorry, right I'll to stop be-
0: fooling around that's it. No, no, no
1: fooling around. No tomfoolery, which is a real <laughs> word, by the way. Uh, we are happy to be joined uh, by Jody Grinwald, founder and change agent. Today is the day, and CEO and co-founder of Applaud Our Kids Foundation. So, Jody, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, Steve is just joking because we've had um, a heck of a morning so far. We've taped many shows back to back, and we. T- well, Steve, needless to say, how do we say it nicely? Did things not go as planned this morning? But stuff, happens. Full,
0: stuff, stuff happens. happens
1: and to Steve's credit, to our team's credit, we said we are gonna just keep moving forward and we are just honored to have you here to give us some insight about just being collaborative and working as a team and, and having more perspective and positive thinking. So thank you for joining us.
3: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. So Mary, I've gotta a, know. Yeah, do you have a I've question, gotta know.
0: Mary? Do you
1: have a question? I do, I'm going, I, I was welcoming her. Give me a minute to go into my uh,
3: question now, Steve. <laughs>
0: Can you feel feel the tension between the two of us?
3: Oh, I feel the energy. I think it's energy, not tension, it's energy. Good, collaborative energy here. Yes.
1: Uh, So I do have a question. So every day, like clockwork, I wake up in the morning and I say, I am going to be positive and I'm going to be productive. And regardless, you swing your feet out of bed in the morning and things can go awry. What advice do you have really just to be more positive, to truly find that inner happiness, regardless of what's going on around us?
3: It's a really great question, especially in the environment we've been living in for a few years now. And it really is about connecting with something that you enjoy for a second. It could be looking out the window and looking at a beautiful blue sky. But you need to be present in that specific moment. Understand what you're feeling, but also welcome something that's going to give you a smile. So whether it's turn the radio on to your favorite song or, do, or talk to a friend that you really... Every time you talk to that person, you walk away feeling energized, but it is being present in the fact that you know where you're at right now. You've changed from being in that position of saying, I'm going to be positive. Now I'm not feeling that way. And then you beat yourself up for not feeling that way. So it's getting into that second and then being able to move forward from there saying, I need to call a friend. I need to look out the window. I need to take a walk.
0: So well said. Jordy. the other thing is that you were introduced to us by our great friend and partner, Michelle Sikirka, who leads the New Jersey Business and Industry Association. You do all kinds of things and collaborative, in a collaborative way with them. What is this initiative that you're doing with them in the first statewide not-for-profit council? What is that? And also what's your connection to NJBIA?
3: Oh, absolutely. So Michelle and I go way back to 2005 when I worked for the American Heart Association and she was on my executive committee. And so um, I, I was, been working with them and started their not-for-profit council something that they never had before to focus in really on how do we bridge the gap between the two sectors nonprofit for profit but I, I like to call the nonprofits the for impact sector um, because that's what they're doing they're, they're creating impact within the community and so it literally recreated the uh, the first ever council February 2020. we all know how that went after that. So we created the council, had one meeting in person, and then moved on to have subsequent virtual meetings for the last two years. But it is all about having a better conversation with the for-profits that are in, in the state, but as well as finding ways for nonprofits to collaboratively work together. They, you know, and they speak the same language, but they may not always collaborate together. And we want them to be able to feel that connection and camaraderie. My whole platform and everything I do is all about connecting.
0: Yeah, before Mary jumps back in real quick, talking about platforms, you have a podcast. Give us 30 seconds on that.
3: Podcast today is the day changemakers talking to the, the changemakers, the everyday changemakers, but also the CNN heroes, the TEDx speakers, those who are making a difference in their part of the world or the greater world. Listening to their stories is so impactful. We learn so many great lessons from each other, as you know. And so i wanted to bring them to the forefront during a time that was really difficult and it's grown exponentially and i interview people worldwide
0: yeah the uh chiron will be up that shows how do people how people can find the podcast mary last Mm -hmm. question go ahead
1: sure and you talk about giving back and the importance of doing so Uh, what is the applaud our kids foundation i know you're very involved in that talk a little
3: bit about what it is and uh, what services it provides and i'm the ceo and co-founder of the applaud our kids foundation we fund children who are meet the financial needs requirements to take ongoing lessons in dance, acting, instrumental music and vocal instruction. It's not a one and done. We fund them for up to 15 years if they still meet the financial needs requirements. We place them in performing our studios close to their home so they're with their friends from school, or we send in teachers into existing programs like the Boys and Girls Club, Salvation Army. And we're all about making sure that if kids need a creative connection, that they have it. They shouldn't have to not have it because they cannot afford it. It's important and vital to so many children.
0: I lied uh, I promise Mary I'm managing time I promise. How about this Jody? Where does your positive attitude come from and what's a connect what is the connection to being a great leader? go ahead.
3: So my positive attitude comes from my dad. he was a, a mentor he was all about kindness and that was he always said he practiced the religion of kindness and he talked about the importance of being positive and that you spread it. When you're positive, you spread it. And then you asked about the lesson in leadership. And I'm going to say that the lesson in leadership is finding a way to find connection with your team and your staff that has nothing to do with your organization. If you have children, you relate to that. If, you have, if there's something you have in common amongst people, they f- find empathy and compassion for each other. And sometimes you need to take it out of the professional and make it more personal. That's awesome.
0: And I want to thank, speaking about great friends with a positive attitude and partners, uh, partners who really make a difference, Michelle Sikirka telling us about you, sharing your message, saying to us, because we're partners with the NJBIA, uh, you know what, Jody would be great on Lessons in Leadership. We want to thank Michelle for that because she also spreads it. She, she pays it forward. She connects people. And that's part of what oh. Business and Industry Association is about. Hey, Jody, thank you so much for joining us on Lessons in Leadership.
3: Thank you so much. Have a great day.
0: You too. Mary and I will be right back, right after this. This edition of Lessons in Leadership is made possible by the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, the North Ward Center, the New Jersey Sharing Network, Delta Dental of New Jersey, Kessler Foundation, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856.
1: This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand delivercom
0: Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by nj.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine. Welcome back to Lessons in Leadership. Steve Adubato, Mary Gamble. Mary, we just had uh, Jody and Larry Downs earlier. Terrific stuff, right?
1: Really great stuff. I just love the fact that we think we cover all topics. We think we've had on so many guests. And I don't even know how many years we've been doing Lessons in Leadership, but it's been many, many years, hundreds of guests. And just every time we have somebody new on, we had Jody Grinwald talking about just overall happiness and and making a conscious decision to be present. Then you had Larry reminding us that even if you choose to retire, you can still refire. And you could actually then decide to do something different.
0: Mm. Yes. Okay, stay on that. Retire. uh, uh, The book is Don't Retire, Refire. Refire. By Ken Blanchard. I will
1: find that. Mm -hmm. Ken Blanchard. Ken Blanchard.
0: And why do I mention that? Because Mary has just added to the Lessons in Leadership Library, which will be on our website, which Sylvester will put up a little bit later. Mary has added this book. We talked about this book earlier with Larry Downs. uh, A classic, Good to Great from Mm -hmm. Jim Collins. Uh, One of our other favorites is Extreme Ownership by Two Navy Seals, who are extraordinary. Mary, you've added zero to one notes Mm -hmm. on startups or how to build the future. Why did why did you not only pick it for the library, but then say, Steve, you better read this quick?
1: Yeah, there's not many books. I I buy a lot of books and I know you do as well. There's not many books that I read or listen to cover to cover. And when I say I listen to that book on Audible, also where you can find our program as well, Lessons in Leadership, as well as a variety of other great might as well plug it now. I'm going to plug and then I'll talk about. uh, Yeah, might as well. Uh, You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Audible, News 12 Plus, ROINJ, and NJ.com. So I just wanted to get that plug in there. Uh, But yes, so Zero to One was a book that I just found by accident. I was uh, scrolling on Twitter one day, and it was on the list of Elon Musk's must-read books. And I said, all right, you know, if it's good enough for him, why don't I check it out? And I just started it. And within two days, I had finished it. And the whole theory is so many things in life that we do, we try to take something, an iPhone, we try to take a product, we try to take something that already exists and make it better. This whole book is really going from zero to one, going from nothing and creating something, creating something that's new. And the whole idea is that you can truly harness whatever you could fill in the blank, whether it's a product, whether it's a service, you need to innovate but not necessarily take something and adapt it. It's all about really creating something that is brand new. And that to me was inspirational. Because so many times it's like, oh, you know, I, I have this water bottle, how can I make it better? No, you can really come up with something brand new.
0: Uh, talk about brand new. Uh, not planned. No one knew this was coming. It's not strategic. Elvin, our great director, who is our leader. Elvin Badger, do me a favor. Can you get Frank, uh, Mary's talking about innovating. There he is, the great Frank Brown, who keeps things going. That's why everything sounds so great and is so great, along with Elvin and and our crew, um, uh, Scarlin here, Sylvester, and also Amy on the closed caption. Real quick, Mary's talking about innovating, Frank. The Hue Crew, H-U-E, otherwise known as color, Hue. What's the Hue Crew? We got two minutes left.
4: Real quick, go. The Hue Crew, it's an animation that, Two other partners of, mine, of mine and and myself came up with in 2019 in order to help educate kids and let them also see children that look like them. We don't really have animations that teach and look like the children that they're actually geared towards. So these are this the Hue Crew, meaning kids of different color. There's six of them, and also different backgrounds and religions. They've come together, their group of kids, and they 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 uh, will be they teach our kids our children simple things unlike like colors and numbers and, you know, early childhood uh, information that they need. And that way they can also see things that look like them other than monsters and puppets and things like that. So
0: with all the work you have to do, you are an audio engineer for so many different programs and you've been in the business for more than a couple of years. Frank and I go back, believe it or not, almost 30 years together. We've got a minute left, Frank. This passion that you have, connect that to being the leader you are by creating the
4: Hue Crew. Well, the the idea came from a friend of ours, and it's actually a much bigger story, but connecting it to the leader, I mean, my position is is the uh, head of operations. I'm really that person who kind of makes it gel together with the animator versus uh, along with our person who's the actual uh, producer who writes all the music and the lyrics. His voice is also on most of the songs right now, and um, also really just collaboration for promotion. So I'm that kind of top person that just kind of has to fall in line and create what we need and, and and join everyone together. Yeah.
0: Mary, got a few seconds left. That's just a little bit of the Frank Brown story. Frank's a big part of our team. Mary, got a few seconds left. Tell everyone why our team's so great. I was
1: just going to say that, Frank and Elvin and Scarlin and Sylvester and Amy, uh, it's just so great. I mean, obviously we had on Jody talking about the importance of teamwork and collaborating. So we are just truly blessed to be part of such a great team. And Steve, thank you to your leadership as well.
0: Thank you to me. No, I'm joking. Uh, And also (laughs) our leader, Elvin, is saying, get out of here now. You got to go. Frank Brown, Mary Gamba, Steve Adubato, Lessons in Leadership. See you next time. This edition of Lessons in Leadership is made possible by The Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, the North Ward Center, the New Jersey Sharing Network, Delta Dental of New Jersey, Kessler Foundation, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856.
1: This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand delivercom That's stand-deliver.com.
0: Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague Mary Gamba has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, Cianj, and Commerce Magazine.
1: Valley's all about making life easier for clients. And that's why we're all about smiles, too. So every day, we make it possible for home buyers to become home owners. For folks chasing their dreams to become entrepreneurs. For parents to plan today for their children's tomorrow. And for communities to get better every day. You see, when we know we've put a smile on a customer's face, well, that puts one on ours, too.